You are listening to the God Focused Life Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Thompson, and my prayer is that every single listener will be inspired and challenged to be all that God has created you to be. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of a God Focused Life Podcast. Thank you once again for listening and tuning in. I'm so thankful that you are here. Today, we're going to dive into Mark chapter 6. I was literally doing my nightly devotions, and these scriptures popped out at me, and I thought, I've got to go to my computer and do this podcast right now because it's so fresh. It's so invigorating for me, especially in the season that I'm in. I'm waiting for a miracle, which there are many seasons in life, probably most seasons of life where we all wait for God to do something miraculous in our situations. And there were many things that stood out to me in Mark 6. I'm just going to kind of briefly go through some of it, and then we're going to just dive into some parts of it and go a little bit deeper. We see where Jesus was trying to do miracles, and because of unbelief, he moved on. He went to another place. He ends up sending the disciples out to do missionary work, basically. They're out spreading the gospel. They're casting out demons. They're healing the sick. And Jesus tells them when people do not believe them to just shake the dust off their feet and move on. I think that is very significant for us because as we are sharing the gospel, not everybody is going to want it. Doesn't mean that we create enemies. It just means we shake the dust off and move on. We don't want those attachments to us. We don't want attachments of rejection. We don't want the attachments of, oh, let me just go pester them and beg them and get like codependent on them. We want to shake the dust off and continue on with our message. And who knows, maybe those people will come back around to us one day to receive the gospel message. Later on, we see that Jesus is Um, wanting to go to a solitary place. He wants rest. He tells the disciples, oh, we also see John the Baptist is beheaded. That's a part of Mark 6 as well. And then Jesus later says, let's go to a place, a solitary place of rest. Maybe he wanted to go and mourn. I don't know, after someone so close dies, maybe you need to just rest and relax a little bit and regroup. But Interestingly, there was a crowd that started following Jesus and they were so excited. They actually ran ahead of Jesus and the disciples and got to the place before them. So Jesus pulls out, I I believe he pulls out a boat at that point. I'm kind of scanning through on my phone here, but he uh, starts preaching. I am sorry for my dinging, my dinging here, (laughs) but he is teaching the crowds. Okay. So as he is teaching the crowds, they start getting hungry. And the disciples say, Jesus, what are we going to do? It's getting late. The crowds are probably hungry. Why don't we just send them away to the nearby farms and villages and let them buy something to eat? And Jesus looked at them and said, you give them something to eat. Now, it was very interesting because when I, I actually shared this with my husband before recording the podcast, and both of us had different takes on this, and I think that there's... Uh, room for that because we can kind of look into wonder. I wonder how the disciples felt about this or if we were in their position, how would we feel about it? My husband was was thinking maybe the disciples were kind of like, we're tired. We came here to be in a remote place. Let's just send these people home. 
Or maybe it was really like, you know what? We are hungry. (laughs) It is time to eat. Or maybe it was a little bit of both. But bottom line, Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said, with what? They were saying it would take a half of a year's salary in order to even pay for the food. And Jesus just said, well, how much bread do you have? Go and find out. So Jesus sent them out and they came back and they had five loaves and they had two fish. And Jesus ended up multiplying that for the entire crowd. Now, this is what I get out of this. It's the fact that Jesus is teaching the disciples how to do ministry, whether they are tired, whether they have little, if they do not have provision, it is their responsibility to take care of the people. Because my thought was, what in the world? Why is it their responsibility? If I'm going to a concert, if I'm going to see Chris Tomlin in concert, I'm thinking it is my responsibility to get the food and take it with me. And that wasn't the case this day. Nobody had the food. There was very minimum food compared to how many people. That just seems like, uh, it was almost like it was a setup for a miracle. How in the world do that many people get together and they not have enough food for the afternoon and the evening? But they didn't. And Jesus said, it's, it's basically a lesson. What I glean from this is, Rebecca, you're always on. You know, it's, it's not a thing of like, I turn my ministry on and off. Now I do need rest and Jesus needed rest. Jesus was saying we need to go to a remote place, but in this situation, the circumstances changed. There was a a surprise like, Ooh, the people are here now. Well, we're going to minister to them. And I think Jesus was teaching the disciples. You are the one who you're the ones who have the secret, (laughs) you know, the, the secrets of the kingdom. You know the gospel and you know that I have come. I'm doing these miracles and Jesus was training them in ministry, how to deliver people from sicknesses and demons. And it was only going to get better for them because later on they are going to see Jesus die on the cross and then resurrect. And then their ministry even continues from, from there on. So he is teaching the disciples. It is our responsibility to teach the crowds of who I am. I am the most important. Jesus is saying that I am the most important and, and they are very important. Another thing that um, caught my attention was when Jesus saw the crowds already there, it says that he had compassion on them because he saw them as if they were sheep without a shepherd. I think that is so beautiful. They are just, they are waiting, waiting for someone to lead them, guide them, tell them the truth. And as we learn about the uh, shepherd and the sheep, the shepherd takes them to still waters and green pastures and makes sure that they are safe, protects them from the wolves, protects them from any creatures that want to harm them. I think it's beautiful that the sheep have to stay close to its master. And Jesus is saying, these are like sheep without a shepherd. They need someone to lead them and guide them. I think it's beautiful. And then the other thing is that Jesus wants to teach the crowd. He wants to show them, I am Jesus. I am the Messiah. I am the one who was promised to come. And he does this miracle before them and they have 12 baskets left over. Now, interestingly, as we move on in Mark chapter six, we see that there, um, the, the disciples had gotten in a boat, they had gone ahead, 
Jesus walks on the water, comes to them. They are so afraid. And Jesus even said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And then he went ahead and climbed in the boat. And then the wind stopped and they were absolutely amazed. They still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. That's what the Bible says. They still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. I think it's very interesting because we tend to be in our situations one at a time. God, I need you to find me my soulmate so that I can get married. That's what I need so bad, so bad. I need that. I need that spouse. I need that person. And then God brings that person and then you get married. And then it's God, I need children. I need children. I need children. And um, we're waiting for God to do the miracle there. And then later it's like, God, we need some money. We need what we need to pay our bills and we need a new car and we need these things and we just need you to provide. And it's like, it's like Jesus comes and says, why are you so worried about this issue with the house or the material possessions? When don't you remember what I did for you when you asked me for your spouse, when you asked me for your children. And don't you, don't you believe that I am going to provide for you? You've already seen the provision. So the disciples were scared. Now I do know that there are scriptures that tell us we need to go and ask him. We need to ask, knock, seek, and pray, let our requests be made known. There are many, many verses that tell us we need to ask the Lord for the things that we need and just have conversation with him. But then there are times where the Lord is saying, especially to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? We see that another time when Jesus is in the boat and there is a storm coming and Jesus is asleep and the disciples were so afraid. And then he gets up and he was like, you have little faith. And he just speaks to the wind and it calms down. There comes a time where, especially now that we are living after the resurrection and Jesus said that he's promised us the Holy Spirit, there is a time where we are the ones who get to speak the miracle in Jesus' name. He says that whatever we ask, we have. When we abide in him in uh, John chapter 15, it talks about abiding in Jesus. And I believe it's in that chapter or somewhere close in there. But he says that if we abide in him, we can ask and whatever we ask that's in his name, he will perform it. He will do it. He will provide. So when we pray according to his will, Corinthians says it is yes and amen. We can, we can be sure of it. So this just challenged me in multiple ways. Number one, the, 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 you know, I'm just going to kind of bullet point everything that I just talked about. Number one is that when I have been somewhere and I have ministered to people and they, and they, they believe and they want Jesus, they are going to come and it is my job to provide for them and teach them and love them or point them to another ministry or to resources to help them grow and to help them believe in Jesus. And when I meet people that do not want anything to do with my Jesus, <laughs> then I shake the dust off my feet. I do not let that hinder my ministry. I don't let that hinder who I am. I don't let rejection, those things uh, start uh, permeating in my heart, in my soul. I just need to shake the dust off my feet. And I may need to pray and ask God to help me with that. But we just need to let it roll off like water off of a duck's back. So that's one thing. The other thing is... Um, as Jesus uh, was tired, 
and he he wanted to go to a solitary place, there are people there with needs. And now again, we do have to set boundaries. We do have to have time. There is a time to sleep. There is a time to rest. But we also need to understand there is a time when our schedules are going to get interrupted and we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to say, God, teach me to be willing, teach me to be pliable, teach me to be flexible in my schedule to love on those who are truly in need and let me be the one that points them to you, God. I'm not the Savior. Um, it's very, uh, it's a careful and a fine line. It's not even a fine line. It's actually a huge line between what I do and what Jesus does. But sometimes people can say, oh, Rebecca, can you pray? I just need you to pray for me. And what I want to do is pray with them, but then also teach them how to turn to the Lord for themselves and train them and give them the resources so that they are not dependent upon humanity, uh, mankind. We want them dependent on the Lord. We want them to have a relationship with the Lord. I also see the miracles that Jesus did for so many, many, many people, thousands. Just when we think we don't have enough for our own survival, Jesus tests us in that and says, you feed them. Not just because they didn't have food, not to my knowledge. I don't know. He said, go find food. I don't know if that food came from them or if it came. I don't know if this is the situation where they found the little boy or not. I can't remember. Um, all I know is he said to go find food. And um, when they came back, they had the five and two. So maybe it was with the little boy. But regardless, uh, was that enough to feed the disciples? I don't know. But instead, Jesus is saying, I want you to feed these thousands of people. I'm going to feed you while I'm feeding the thousands of people. I think that's so amazing. And then they even pick, picked up leftovers. So I know that I was challenged when I read through this tonight. I was, I was comforted to know that God sees. Even I, I think that sometimes God puts us in a position of lack God puts us in a, I know there are so many people that say, no, that's the devil that steals, kills, and destroys. But you know, in this situation, the disciples had a lack. They had a need. And Jesus was right there with them. He's right there with them. And Jesus provided for them. He he made enough for them and, and everybody that was there in the countryside. I think that's beautiful. So if you are in a place where you need Jesus to do a miracle, then I, I want to invite you, come to the Lord. The Lord says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says to come and seek, seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to it. So we have to seek Jesus. We have to run after him. These people were running ahead of him just to, to glean from his teachings. They are running to Jesus. They are seeking after him. We have to seek after the Lord and allow him to uh, do whatever it is that he wants to do. I don't think that any of them were expecting him to do exactly what he did that day. And if you read through the gospels and you see the miracles that Jesus performs, 
there is not one that's repeated the exact same way. Everyone is very different. Yeah, he delivered many people from demons. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. But there were different ways each and every time. And if we always go to that same person saying, okay, Rebecca, can you do the, what you did? You know, can you pray for me just like you did for Sally Joe? Well, no, I'm limited. But when we go to God, God is unlimited and he can do amazing things for us. We just have to get into the word and understand. Now, of course, we need fellowship with other believers. We need other people praying with us and for us. We are the body of Christ and we are doing this together. But even as the body, we come under the head and the head is Jesus Christ. He is the one that um, leads us and guides us, directs us. He helps us to think. He helps us to hope. He he helps us to um, have faith when we don't have the faith to go on. So I just encourage you with that. Go get in Mark 6 and read that for yourself and read it in different versions. And maybe there are things that God will show you that you can add in addition to what he showed me tonight. So I just wanted to hop on and share that with you guys. I hope you have a fabulous day. Always remember Jesus is with you. He's watching you. He cares for you. And he has a great, marvelous, amazing plan for your life. We just have to run after him. Run after him first. Seek first the kingdom and all of these things shall be added. Until next time, bye-bye guys.